cross oh. comes in. White with the header. And here comes Whitehead. It's gold for Great Britain. That intro always always makes me smile. What about you, Helen? I, I literally was about to say that I love that intro. It's yeah. we had a we had a fun time doing all those pictures as well. It was a good laugh. Myself and and Rich have been speaking about it for a little while, and we really wanted to get schools and children and and parents um, and teachers involved. So thank you so much for for coming on and joining us. Um, but yeah, so f- for me, really, it's, it's it's a weird one. Really, obviously, we're we're all living in a, in a global pandemic. We're all in lockdown at the moment, so it is a little bit weird. Um, but I feel really lucky um, that I'm able to go and train with my club, Man City, and we're able to play matches. Um, so yeah, I feel really lucky and really privileged. Um, and for me, it's, it's tough at it's, the moment, isn't it? For those it is really tough. Mm. Exactly. Um, and for me, it, it, I think I really like a routine. Um, so whether that that is being able to go out and train. But then also when we were in that first lockdown, um, just trying to get a routine at home, getting up, doing a little bit of exercise, work. Um, I think that was really important. And also for me, building Lego has been quite cool as well for me. Like Lego. mentally. Exactly Talk to us about I, Lego. <laughs> for some reason, I love Lego. I'm a big fan. Um, and if you're a Harry Potter fan, I've been doing the Diagon Alley. So that's been really cool. My husband got me for Christmas. Um, so yeah, that one's been a nice like mental escapism for me. Um, not to think and, about everything. Any new projects? Any new Lego projects? <laughs> Big shout out to Lego. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got any more at the moment. So uh, I, I think she's looking for suggestions. Anybody that's got any suggestions on, on Lego yes. projects or yeah, pictures, please. send them in. Please comment. Um, I'd love to to have another Lego project. I also did a jigsaw, but I kind of gave up. My husband did that, but yeah. Um, but yeah, Rich, what what about you? I know that you've been away doing warm weather training. Like, t- tell everyone about that. Yeah, I've been to South Africa. Uh, so those that are at home at school, and you've got a map near you, have a look how far South Africa is away from where we are at the moment. Um, and I was in a place in Stellenbosch, just north of Cape Town, so about eleven hours on a on a plane. So flew out there to continue my training and preparation towards Tokyo. Why do you say? Well, um, the weather here is obviously not not great. It's um, the weather's been very cold, but also the the tracks have been icy. So I've not been able to run at all. Um, so for me to continue my preparation towards the games, I've had to travel away. And we normally do that every um, year in the month of January because obviously that's when the the bad uh, weather is in the UK. And it's gone really well. I enjoyed being kind of with my coach and uh, my other international athlete, Kimberly, and getting some real good quality sessions. Uh, everything's looking good in the preparation towards uh, the summer. But let's hope that we have the Games, the Olympics and Paralympics, because I feel it brings brings a lot of us together, but also gives us a little bit of happiness uh, that we need. And that's what when I watch, um, obviously, yourself, Ellen, and, and the other professional athletes when they're competing... It definitely does bring us together. Sport is is a great tool to do that, I think. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think that we're really kind of lucky to be doing what we're doing. And obviously with Trackable Podcast as well, it's uh, it's exciting to to be bringing a little bit of happiness as well into to people's lives. Should we do some shout outs as well? Yeah, can do. We've got loads of, loads of people, loads of coming in, haven't we? And I know that uh, we have um, uh, young people and parents and teachers from not just in the uk we've got people from lebanon uh beirut we've got people from south africa 
Um, and uh, obviously from Nottingham where I am, and Manchester and Norfolk. Hello, Olivia. How are you? Hockey and Primary. Brilliant that you're you're engaging. Um, keep the questions coming in. Mark, our producer, will will fire those questions through. <laughs> We've got loads that were sent, and all those questions uh, will be answered by myself and Ellen. If not on the live, uh, we'll send you a personal message to your school or to you individually. But make sure that you uh, write your name and your school so that we can make sure it comes to you. Right, should we, should we get on with uh, one one question that we've been sent so far? Yeah, definitely. Like I say, we've got loads. Um, we've got so many, yeah. Yeah, haven't we? Yeah. And th- this is the reason why we've actually uh, done the podcast, especially for uh, those parents and teachers and children that are, are struggling at the moment. We just really want to engage with you. And if there's any um, sports personalities that you want us to um, interview or even if there's any subjects that you want us to delve into, I think it's really important that we're able to do that. And also, you feel that you can engage with us, especially that we're going to be going to the Olympics and Paralympics this year, hopefully, and uh, it'd be great to have you on the journey with us too. Okay, so I'll start us off. So this is from Ben and Luca Schiller from St. Austin's Catholic Primary School in Norwich. So they're saying, what is your earliest childhood memory? That's a tough one for me because I'm I'm old. <laughs> yeah, can you remember that? that? <laughs> I, I can't remember what I did last week. <laughs> um, I think sporting wise. So I'll, I'll talk about sporting wise and then maybe school wise. So I remember um, having a really tough time when I was younger with like PE and swimming and mm-hmm. gymnastics um, because I had there were some obstacles and challenges for me to overcome as a youngster. But I was really determined and really focused. And my, my parents supported me in, in, in that as well. And I remember feeling a bit upset because I couldn't um, uh, travel down the, the bars in the gym. And uh, I remember the teacher saying, well, you're going to really struggle with this because because of your prosthetic legs. And, and, I, and I felt that I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to go. Had to go. And then the enjoyment I got by getting to the other end and all the other class, my classmates clapping me, I think it was... It's a great moment. Sports gives you that individual mm-hmm. moment. And uh, whether you've got an ability or disability or challenge or obstacle, I think it's always really important to have one, a real good go, but also have the support around you. So that was one of them, definitely. What about you, Ellen? Um, I think mine is just kind of playing football in the back garden with my my dad and my brother. Um, and obviously, obviously in a West Ham shirt as well. Um, my brother, he was really good definitely really good and if he'd continued I think he would have yeah he would have been amazing um but yeah my, well my dad will say that I got all my skills from him um <laughs> so uh but yeah it would just be playing football having fun in the garden West Ham shirt trying to be a West Ham player um so yeah did you did you have like a poster on your on your wall as well I did actually it's quite a random one I don't know if I'm hoping everyone watching might know who this player is he, it was Edgar Davids and he used to play um, for Holland and he used and to I, I, <laughs> and, <Spurs. laughs> and basically I used to wear glasses which I do now um, I started wearing them just before I was two years old actually so I was quite young and he wore like glasses while he played football so he had like plastic ones that kind of went round um, and I really thought he was cool and I thought like that that was similar to me like I had to wear glasses as well um, and I just loved the way that he he kind of played football and I, I was a big fan of Holland back then as well 
And there's so. a great message there about seeing is believing. When we talk about role models within school, within sport, within life, seeing is believing. So uh, when we're looking for role models as young people or adults or teachers, it's really important that we can gravitate towards somebody that has the, those those positive role, uh, positive messages, but also mm. we can have empathy with that person. And you're talking about Ed- Edgar. It's a great message for me. It was it was somebody that I associated with called Terry Fox, a runner right. uh, from Canada. And uh, but but sport does that. It it, mm. it empowers you and it also gives you that kind of gives you that lift when, yeah. when maybe you're feeling you've got those o- obstacles to overcome. Yeah, it's a great so question. Thank, yeah, thanks Ben and Luca for that one. Do you want to do the next one, Rich? Okay. Um, so we go on to um, Emily. So yes. Hi- Hi, Rich. I have cerebral palsy and people are sometimes mean to me. Sorry about that, Emily. That's that's terrible. And don't get me involved in the games. Did you ever experience this uh, when you were growing up? Any advice uh, to giving people through this? Well, obviously, those are the the people that have the problem, Emily. And um, it's about having the support of your fellow parents and teachers but also understanding that everybody's different in some way and whether you've got ability, a disability. And with your cerebral palsy, it's about dreaming big. Anything is possible. And uh, you, I'm sure those ob- obstacles and challenges will be overcome with support with your, your parents and teachers and friends. Uh, but it's about staying positive and believing in yourself, but also remembering that they've got the problem, not you, is really important. Yeah, thanks for the question, Emily. That's a, it's really important. Emily, aged eight from uh, Mattisall Primary School. Great yeah, thank you, Emily, for that question. That's uh, yeah. I hope uh, hope Rich helped because that was a yeah. That's a something that's really great and that needs to be spoken more about. And obviously, yeah, try and remain positive. But thank you so much. Um, now we've got some questions from Royal Alexandra and Albert School. Uh, this is from Andrea Anso. So, what made made you uh, want to play football? Uh, for your career so rich could you (laughs) what made you want to play football (laughs) um go on else basically i absolutely loved it i think i said earlier about what was my earliest childhood memory was playing football in the garden i just absolutely loved playing football um you know I, i played football with my friends as well at my local kind of primary school in my local kind of boys team and yeah i just loved being part of a team um, I just absolutely loved it. And uh, yeah, for me, it's just a, a passion and just, you know, smiling, having fun, surrounded by um, my friends as well. So yeah, that, that's that's probably the, the main reason I wanted did to you, really. Did you have any obstacles being a, a girl uh, playing in a, in, a, in a boys team or a mainly boys team at, at that age? To be honest, all, all the boys that were on my team were amazing, uh, really great friends. It was probably just the opposition teams or parents that when we'd turn up and I'd be the only girl in the in the team, they'd be like, why is she playing football? And then I think I just ran around and then scored. Um, so then they're like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too much to be She's fair. Um, I'm, I'm okay. Um, no, I, I feel like I felt really part of the team. Um, I never felt out of the team um, being just the girl only girl in in a boys team so I felt like I was surrounded by really great people and really supported there's a question at the bottom from what on earth Mm. you said what one of your earliest memories was playing football and Isaac aged 10 wants to know when you first played for a team and who was it so I think I first played for my primary school um so I must have been about five or six um 
and my it was like a middle school as well. And then I played for my local boys team, Ellsbury Town. And that must have been when I was probably six or seven. Um, so yeah, I was, I was quite young, but you know, I, I absolutely loved it. And my my dad set up like a little soccer center for me to kind of get involved in. And then, then I kind of moved into to a boys team. Um, but like, for instance, like Rich, when did you first kind of get involved in, in like a sport or essentially when you moved into kind of athletics? Not 1950s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, um, I, I started uh, sport in, uh, it was swimming and gymnastics for me. I went to an all boys gymnastics school called uh, Daco Flying Angels, which they're a, a gymnastics dis- display team. And they tr- taught me uh, like discipline and uh, self-awareness, body awareness, etc. And then I started to swim uh, when I was four. Um, and obviously going back to some of the, the mental health issues that, that we're talking about with Mental Health Week, it was, it was a quite a tough time for a person with a disability mm-hmm. because there wasn't an inclusion spectrum. And I was learning all the time. So I I went to an all-boys mainstream um, gymnastics club, but then went to a disability-specific uh, swimming club. And the, the kind of how I was treated was different. Mm-hmm. But now I think with the coaches and um, teachers being more informed about different disabilities and their abilities, not their disabilities, it's definitely changed the aspect to um, what what. Uh, pupils can and can't do mm. and um and for me it was it was a it was a tough time um and i think nowadays we have uh, more support more guidance and also signposting signposting to organizations that uh, can help and that's the same with obviously um women's football with obviously the fa wfa and uh for obviously paralympic sport the bpa so if there's mm-hmm. any signposting that you need out there for any of your questions, feel free to fire those over and we can answer those as well. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, um, Andrea, and also Isaac for the question that you, you said as well. Um, do you want to answer the next one? Yeah, w- yeah well, I, I, I wanted to ask you a, a question that came in actually from William Knight. He's aged nine from Royal Alexandria and Albert School, and he wanted to know when you made your debut for England and how did that feel? Um, yeah, obviously that's a, that's like a dream come true, really. It was amazing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I made it against kind of Austria. Um, and it was, yeah, it was an amazing kind of occasion, really. I came on with about 30 minutes to go. Um, I was very nervous. So, you know, for, for, for everyone kind of listening, um, or watching, it's okay to, to feel nervous. Um, for me, I felt ready, but obviously I was very nervous on the sidelines, but, um, I absolutely enjoyed it. All my teammates were, were amazing. The, the head coach at the time, Hope Powell was great. And, uh, and I scored on my debut as well. So, um, wow. yeah. And also, you know, your emotions can get, um, kind of override what, what's happening. And I, I did, a like a, a front slide uh, when I scored. So it's called a Klinsman. Um, so that was uh, quite fun as well. So yeah, for me, it was an absolute dream. Um, and I'm like, what, what about for you kind of rich? What was it like when you went to like your first Paralympics? Yeah, I had, um, I went to the winter Paralympics 2006. A lot of people don't know that. So I've been to three Paralympics, two summer, one winter experience on the first Paralympics. Wasn't, wasn't that great. we, we were fifth in the world. We went there to win a medal. We came nowhere near, to be honest, um, just because of uh, team dynamics. And mm-hmm. those that are in their classroom now or at home, 
lessons from that is we all need to work as a team um, because uh, that's how we become successful. And we weren't then. But I learned uh, learned some valuable messages from that, and that's that I need to try hard. I need to be dedicated. Resilience is really important, but also uh, support people around you that are supporting you as well. And I became a lot better communicator because of that. And then I went to mm-hmm. London, and obviously we know I, I won. Wait a minute, where's the medal? Here it comes. <laughs> Here it comes. The medal comes out. I wasn't planning to do this, but you mentioned it. There it is. You know what? I do joke about it, but every time you, you kind of show it, coaster. it, it is incredible. <laughs> um, you know, what, what you achieved to, to get that gold medal is, is amazing. I do, thousand people, right? Uh, like, like, tell us that feeling, actually, at London 2012. Yeah, it's an out-of-body experience where you, um, yeah, you just go crazy. Like when when you see me finish, and I'm kind of like delirious. Really, I I don't know what to do because I've worked so hard. You know, mm-hmm. if you're at school or at home and you've you've done a piece of work and you're really proud uh, about that piece of work and you've spent so much time, then you want to celebrate with people. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to have eighty thousand people to do that with. <laughs> so, so so yeah, oh. it's it and it's important mm-hmm. to celebrate, especially in times like at the moment haven't we and it's lockdown oh, at the yeah. moment so if you've got any lockdown questions that we can kind of answer then uh i think we've got one coming from yep. hassan um, awesome. how do you practice during lockdown uh ellen you first so um i'm lucky obviously that i've been able to go to train um at man city but say during the first lockdown it was quite challenging actually especially when we were only allowed to go out for like one hour a day so yeah i kind of had to do it in my garden, um, uh, tr- banging a ball against uh, the house wasn't uh, wasn't the best thing, but I really, uh, I was just out so in the garden. It's going back to basics, isn't it, really? That's oh, what yeah. we, and I think that's that's what's, um, with, with professional sport, with sport generally, where there's a will, there's a way. So if, you, if you're not able to go to your football sessions down at your local team, then maybe just practising your skills uh, in your garden, mm-hmm. um, I know, I know. Obviously, parents don't want you to be doing it in the house, but there's still little things inside you can do. Maybe some stretching, maybe some little circuits you can do at home. Um, physical health is really important as well as mental health. Um, and what we're finding is a lot of young people are reaching out to us about maybe some strategies in, in mm. lockdown that we can we can utilise. And uh, things like doing some Pilates, spending quality time with family, reading books, jigsaws, Lego, like Ellen obviously spoke about. Yeah. Just keeping that mind active as well as, as physically as well. How do you use... How do you use... How do you use yeah. when you keep yourself physically well in lockdown? I think that's... Yeah, we just... Yeah, mm. we kind of did cover that. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's, for me, it was just about trying to get a routine. Um, and obviously, we know that that everyone is spending a lot of their time in their homes at the moment, uh, a lot on kind of screens, on TVs. However, you're kind of um, spending your lockdown, also homeschooling as well, like we know a lot of you... Um, watching or doing so I think it's important to take little breaks even every hour like take 15 minutes whether you 
just running on the spot, doing something, going out for a walk um, and just move and, and separate yourself from your screen is really important just to have Very that time important. mentally away from it. Um, so, yeah, like I say, go get a walk or if you've, you're lucky enough to have a garden, um, do a little circuit out there or if you play football or anything like some little skills out there. But I think it's important just to step away from those screens. Mm. And, and, and feel like... Um you you can have time with other people communicate with other people and if you if you do feeling like you need to have uh, some time to yourself and and um mentally kind of if you have have got some issues around uh, your mental well-being don't feel like it's it's an illness it's not it's 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 something you need to um be supported with it's not something it's important remember it's yeah. important and also um to have support there's, there's people out there that can support you with this hi ellen and richard i've just hi ellen and richard never <laughs> never miss an episode from france that's awesome Alexandra, oh, that's you. great we've uh, we've got some uh some great followers from all over the world and uh, really appreciate your support remember any uh, guests that you want to have on the show or any questions um please fire them in and we can uh, we can definitely address them um, we don't have all the answers, uh, but we can definitely signpost you through support. We had a great question about um, um, how are we feeling in lockdown, which I had uh, this morning, um, mm. ment- mentally and physically. I think for me, it's yeah. been. I've got two. I've got two young young children, and my my partner works hard with their homeschooling and allows me to uh, do my sport myself. But what about yourself, Ellen? What kind of feelings are you having in lockdown and and what kind of support do you get from your team and your uh, your family? Obviously, I, I feel like I'm having similar feelings to everyone else. Obviously, it is quite scary at the moment. Um, it's very different to what we're used to. Um, we're not being able to see as many people as, as we're used to. For instance, those kind of watching at the moment, you're kind of going into school normally, but you're not able to see your school friends. You're not able to have that interaction and social aspect and or, or see like family members. And, and I feel exactly the same. Um, you know, for Christmas, I wasn't able to see my family. Um, my husband was the same. So yeah, it's, it's yeah, you, you are kind of worried and, and, you know, it is, it is sad and you get an emotion, you get emotional not being able to see those people. So for me, it's just trying to get that connection of, of having video calls, um, having chats, me and Rich talk, um, a lot as well. And I think having different conversations is really important. Um, so, and, and telling people how you feel is important, getting it off your chest. I think that's yeah. a, a really important... feelings at the moment. Mm-hmm. We've all, we've all got them and, and just realizing it's not, it's not a fixed state. It's not like fake news and it's not about feeling good all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's, the news is tough. I think when I went away for, for three and a half weeks to South Africa, I kind of distanced myself from mm. the news and, and I felt so much better about myself. Yeah. Read a lot and kind of really removed myself from, mm. from reality. We know there's a pandemic going on and lots of people are getting very, uh, very sick and, and still dying. It's yeah. really important that we abide by the, the government rules, but also if we need that, that conversation, if we need that help, it's, it's really important to reach out either to yeah. ourselves at Track and Ball or, or your family and friends. There's always somebody that will be able to listen to you and also somebody that will help. Okay, let's go back to the questions. Let's uh, <coughs> jump on one. I'll, I'll go for the next one. Go on, you go um, for it. Okay, so King, uh, 
a William King at Repham Primary School. How many hours do you train each day, Ellen? How many hours do you train? That is a great question. Um, so for me, I probably do maybe three, three hours, three and a half hours, maybe a day. Um, but then I also do like stretching, um, foam rolling um, and that type of thing on top of that, really. Um, so, yeah, what, what that consists of is like gym work, which is normally about an hour. And then we're normally on the pitch for about an hour and a half, maybe a bit more. Depends if you depends if I want to do some more shooting because then I stay out for a bit longer, which is more fun. Um, but, yeah, probably about three hours. Um, what about yourself, Rich? Yeah, so I um, at the moment I'm actually quarantined till Monday. So I'm having to do a lot of stuff at home. I've got a treadmill, luckily and uh, some other machines at home which enable me to train um i do probably about 35 hours of training a week um so depending on what day i am uh, monday wednesday friday on my track days and that consists of me going there doing lots of things like stretching activation running on the track as well as treatment acupuncture soft tissue massage so lots of work goes into being a professional athlete just as it does to, for any profession, really. I had a question um, about uh, which event do I I like, also from uh, Reapon Primary School, and that was, uh, it was, which event do you like the best, long or short distance? Um, and is it dif- difficult to make the change from one to another? So it's kind of like it's kind of like you, Ellen, when you're having to do a short run to a long run. Mm. Obviously, you have to. For me, I have to train for both. But specifically yeah. at the moment, I'm doing sprints. So it's about explosive movements. But I love marathon running, um, and not a lot of people say they do. Not twenty six point two miles is a long way to run. Um, but the enjoyment that I get from it, from being able to do that and doing it quite quickly. Um, surpasses what I do on the track even though I love mm. obviously running in the Paralympics in the 200 metres yeah what about you Els what's your what's your preferred are you uh sprint or endurance um I do like it sounds a bit silly but I do like not the pain but I like the the feeling you get of endurance of the feeling afterwards um I also do like um like sprint work but I need a bit more time to get a bit faster um I'm not I'm not absolutely rapid over five or ten meters so I need a little bit longer um but I I do like that's why I like playing football because it is kind of an endurance sport you are playing for 90 yeah you're using so many different aspects speed agility yeah like change of direction short short sharp speed longer distances it's aerobic anaerobic endurance so it's it's a lot kind of uh, built into to the sport which i like so much so many like different variants really aspects of it yeah and, and i think that's the good thing about training uh, generally mm. there's so many different aspects from yeah it. for those that have uh, maybe first time to track and ball podcast remember to uh, subscribe and tell parents tell uh, other other students about what we're doing and we're going to go to some more questions. These are coming in from YouTube and Facebook. So this is from Maya. What strategies do you use when you're not feeling your best? And this is from Lebanon. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. So like I say, we're in, in, in international podcast. And uh, lucky, <laughs> lucky enough that I've been over to Lebanon. It's a beautiful country. Um, and what was the question again? It was about strategies, wasn't it? Sorry. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Uh, what stress? Well, you're not feeling your best. Yeah, I think it's it's really important to have that routine 
mm-hmm. um, so have a routine um, and then to have coping mechanisms when you're not so if you're waking up in the morning feeling a bit lethargic under the weather it's about understanding uh, what the what the task is today and if the task is quite a tough one or complex or big task then try and break that down into small achievable chunks and for me it's just about getting up out of, out of bed in a positive mood and uh, like I say just kind of having those tools that, that from that toolkit that you've built up and uh, with a smile on your face and uh, positive things happens to positive people. So it's really important that you don't think it's a big non-achievable task, that it's something that when broken down, it's very achievable. Yeah, I I definitely think that's a great message about, yes, you have that big goal of of a big session or training or a big goal that you want to achieve. But I think it is important to to break that down in more achievable kind of bite size kind of sizes for you to be able to achieve maybe each day or throughout the day. Um, And definitely having a positive outlook makes it evaluate evaluate your performance, evaluate uh, those positive experiences and understand that we do have negative experiences as well that we can learn from. And this is part of life, so it's not new, and I don't feel like it is a big weight on your shoulders. Mm. Next question from Olivia. Hi, Olivia. How are you? And this is for Ellen. Uh, Amy would like to know if you have any trophies. Have you got any trophies? So I've been showing off with my gold medal. Have you got any trophies, <laughs> Ellen? I haven't got them up here. I've got some there, but um, but yeah, no, I'm very I'm very lucky um, to to have achieved. Um, I'm modest. And modest. Tell everybody how many FA Cups you've won. I've won three FA Cups um, and we won one recently, actually, uh, with Man City, which was incredible. Um, we were able to, to kind of play at Wembley, which was amazing. It was a little bit disappointing that we won't be able to have fans, but hopefully soon, fingers crossed, we can have fans back in stadiums. Um, but yeah, I'm really lucky to to, to have won um, some trophies in my career that I'm really proud of. Um, but th- this question's actually for Rich now. Nick, how many Olympic gold medals have you won? This is a good one. Two. <laughs> so two, <laughs> so two golds. Yeah, two, <laughs> two golds and one silver. Everybody forgets my silver at Rio. So um, two golds in, in 200s, one in London, one in Rio. And then I was actually... Uh, seventh in the 100 metres in, in London. And then I thought, well, four years, how how far can I actually take mm-hmm. my 100 metres? Let's have a really good go at that and push myself to the limit, really. And was lucky enough to win a silver medal at Rio, which, yeah, for me, was like a massive achievement. Like I would say even bigger than my 200 metre gold. Yeah. Because I'd gone from a marathon runner running 26.2 mm-hmm. miles to hopefully trying to win the 100 at, at Rio. I nearly did it. Mm. Like this one's good for you, Rich. Miss C would like to know if you have a winning pose like Ellen. We all, well, I know what it is, but <laughs> I actually, I actually started it. If you didn't see it at the beginning, I did Rich's pose. Um, Ellen's is definitely better classic. than mine. <laughs> no, definitely not. Actually, can, can I do a shout out before we do this one? I've got a shout out to Richard Bonington Primary School, and one of the questions that I really liked was. Have you had any jobs, other jobs, other than being a Paralympic athlete? Oh, is that for me? Yes, I worked worked within teaching, uh, worked as a sports development officer, worked as a swimming teacher, swimming coordinator. Um, So lucky enough to be employed in those roles before I was an athlete. And that's that's learned 
me and giving me the skills that I've, I've got today mm-hmm. and, and, and to respect uh, the tough challenges that we have to go through in development sport as well as elite sport as well. So those teachers out there that are, are really struggling to motivate those children to be more active, I understand what you're going through. And myself and Ellen are in the in the process of, of trying to address that by having our own track and ball yeah. podcast academy. And we're going to be looking at how we can engage more with, with the younger generation and provide them with the skills moving forward. So if there's an appetite for that, if there's anything that you'd like us to include in that, please uh, push that over and then we can uh, make sure we address those issues. Was a question just come up then, wasn't there? Uh, oh yeah this is a good one this is from heather gossage from rbps what do you do to treat yourself during lockdown when you're having a difficult day i like this question oh yeah (laughs) hopefully you don't mean lots of sweets and cake Uh, Um, i I, I wasn't thinking that at all (laughs) I, I, i think it i think it's really important that you're physically and mentally uh looking after yourself so stretching I've also got uh, devices that help kind of loosen my body. Um, but the the best thing that I find is a foam roller. Those those that have got those at home, uh, it's something that you can roll on that kind of really loosens your, your legs and your back. Uh, but it's really important to be uh, fit and active, but also dynamic with your movements. And so those that are at home that haven't got any um, equipment at home, it's really important to kind of stretch out, stretch as long and as high as you can uh, because it'll be coming back soon. Uh, development sport, team sports will be here very soon and we're all looking forward to that. I know Burton Joyce um, girls football team that I'm actually involved a little bit with um, in my local village are really looking forward to getting back to playing their their sided games. So. <clears throat> Hi Ben. Yes, yeah, so so Ben is the headmaster of the of the school that I actually used to go to. So oh, Ben wow. from Loudham here. A lot of our children are find it hard mm-hmm. not seeing their friends. Yeah, really yeah. important, isn't it? Yeah. And and playing sport, exercising together at the moment. How can you best help encourage them? Else. So yeah, I mentioned that a little bit earlier. Um, I'm I'm feeling the same in in terms of not being able to kind of see my family, my friends. Obviously, I'm very lucky to be able to, to kind of train and, and go to Man City, but I think it's important to, to maybe see if they can kind of chat to each other. Whether you've got a device where they can kind of Zoom call each other, um, and they can do like a little exercise class together. Um, and yeah, just maybe if they're just having like conversations or yeah I think that's important to stay connected I know they're not able to physically see each other um but yeah I think it's important to still trying to remain connected in in some other way really um so yeah I've seen lots of young people posting videos on 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 social whether that's uh YouTube got some skills or uh, doing kick-ups with toilet rolls and other... It, you don't have to have a, a football to, to practice some of these skills. Uh, I'm not sure about you, Ellen, but I, I'm useless at kick-ups, especially with toilet <laughs> rolls. <laughs> I'm not very good, I have to say. I'm not, I'm not at all good at that. But I'd love but to see some videos of people. Yes, I'd love to see people kind of trying that out. Ah, oh, here's, here's my um, sister-in-law, which is... I think it's my, my niece, actually. 
Hi, Summer. <laughs> but hi, Aunt Gals. Hi, Summer. I hope you're okay. And Phoebe as well. I um, hope you're doing all right. But, but yeah. Loads, loads, loads of interaction on the on the chat. Keep those questions and uh, comments coming. It's really, really nice to see international and national people from all over. Uh, Ellen, do you want to I've got a good one. It's from Olivia and Lydia from Redhill. Um, I think they're sisters. And basically... I really like this one. What's your favourite pre and post match or kind of race food? I think that's a good one. Yeah, and, and this changed for me a lot when I mm. was doing marathons to to sprint. So um, for marathons, you have to eat quite a quite a time before you actually um, race. So I'd get up really early and have like spaghetti spaghetti for breakfast, that's and then crazy. go back to bed. Yeah, <laughs> so carbo load. And yeah. then um, go back to bed, and then wake up, and then have like some banana bag- baguette uh, before right. uh, before I'd kind of go to the start line and run twenty six miles. Now it's more about uh, just having things that um, I can digest that give mm. me that energy, that explosive energy. Love granola, love fruit, fruit and veg, love it. My little boy loves fruit and veg. I think he gets it from me, and encourages many of you to eat as much fruit and veg as you can and drink lots of water hydrate is really important uh what about yourself Els? what's your uh, pre-match do you have um do you eat with all the team as well or do you eat at home yeah so we're very lucky at man city that we're able to kind of have pre-match uh together um so mine would be porridge actually um so it's got lots of carbohydrates in there to give me lots of energy for the game um and also i have like lots of fruit on there as well um so that that yeah that normally gives me um enough energy and then maybe i have a little bit of flapjack and then some energy gels as well um but post-match you didn't say your post-match actually rich or post-race oh, yeah post post anything well marathon wise anything fatty so beef <laughs> burger pi- oh, pizza do you know when i'm a, sp- a sprinter as well i'm yeah. not i shouldn't really have pizza but i do i love it i love like pepperoni pizza so a big pizza and and also as athletes you have to be so kind of strict when you're competing then after you can like eat anything you yeah. like so boys and girls when you're at home think about those those foods that you really like ice cream pizza burgers yeah i i eat all of that after not all at once we need to have <laughs> not He's all lying. at once <laughs> But um, yeah, again, anything that, that that you like, send send pictures in of those as well. I'd really like to see what your favourite post match snacks are from when you're playing football or or cricket or athletics or gymnastics or swimming. Uh, but mine definitely is pizza. Um, this is another one. Richard Megan would like to know: Did you do anything other than gymnas- gymnastics? Um, so. I think my, my parents saw gymnastics as as one of those sports that enabled me to uh, come out of my shell as a as an individual, and um, it's very inclusive sport gymnastics with inclusive strands. And uh, for me, just kind of understanding what my, my body can do, and and also um, the opportunities it gives me, what what sport gives me. But um, yes, yeah, so swimming something that i did as well mm. i love sport i i as a young young boy i played a lot of football with my mates on on the field and just kind of had a kick about and and, and kind of did lots of throwing events so throwing javelins and, and and balls and things and i think one of the lessons that i learned especially now that i've got kids myself it's about exposure 
Mm-hmm. Make sure that you are exposed to as many sports and activities as possible. And they can be structured games as well as skill-based games as well. Mm-hmm. You must have done a lot of those as you were growing up, Alice. Yeah, no, I I definitely did a lot of kind of athletics. Um, I, I used to pretty much do every sport going at school. Um, we didn't actually have a, a girls football team at school. So I actually played netball, um, which I really enjoyed. Something completely different as well for me. Um, but yeah, like gymnastics, I, I did that when I was a bit younger as well. I actually did horse riding for a bit as well when I was younger. Oh, did you? Um, did you? And then little boys also, decided to come in, look, let's have a look. He's come to um, say hello to everybody at Track and Ball. Say hello, Andrew, he might be jumping around in the background. Um, yeah, like you say, I think it is really important uh, to try different sports, whether they are team-based, skill-based. I think it's important that you you kind of expose to those, those different sports as well. Um, yeah. this, this one's from Barbara why do you ever meditate or do mindfulness i think that's a really great question yeah so i actually before um i do any of my events i uh, would like go into the bath and really visualize how mm-hmm. i'm going to compete and what that was going to look like uh and for me it's really important because you can kind of get into the zone but also understand what um what your expectation is on your body as well as your mind yeah, I, I think, you? I think for me, I, yeah, I, I try and do a little bit of visual, visualization of, of of the game and what what what's that gonna gonna be like, um, and um, I think I think it's great as well to to kind of just have some peacefulness, um, like you say, some mindfulness as well um, before like even you don't necessarily have to be doing exercise it's great for just mental health really um yeah yoga is great as well as um getting into so there's lots of different we both do pilates don't we um and yeah i've really got into kind of i I do pilates kind of once a week and then add it as well in at home but yeah it's, it's a lot about breathing taking like deep breaths um and just not thinking about anything just taking yourself away um which is it's great for me like, how do you deal with critics? Woof. <laughs> that's that's an interesting one. I don't think one. we've got enough time on this podcast. That's that. an interesting one. <laughs> I think it's I think it's really important to understand that you will have positive and negative messages, especially through the mediums that we that we uh, engage with, social media as well as um, uh, interviews. And it's really mm-hmm. important to understand that you're going to get these. So being prepared for them is important. And for me, um, I've always got a quest, an, an answer to a question before the question's asked. That's my that's my big tip. Um, so I've had them sometimes when I've I've maybe false started at a race or I've not done t- too great. I always play on the. Obviously, we've we've got more opportunities to, in life, and uh, not to not to bear too much on those on those uh, negatives. Have more of a positive than a negative. Yeah, definitely. What about you? I've forgotten what the question was again. About critics, how do you deal with critics? Um, I think it yeah, it can be challenging. Obviously, it can be quite hurtful um, if if those messages are on social media or if it's in journalism that you're getting criticised for something. But I think it's 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 not to to get disheartened or, or get too low or, or get too high if, you, if something goes well. So I think it's important to kind of stay in the middle. Um, but yeah, it is obviously challenging to, to have um, things that 
are or people that are judging you um but yeah like you say it's, it's just important to to kind of remain quite grounded really um and not take everything uh to heart i would say yeah i um when we when we first planned to do this um uh, track and ball podcast especially for schools and looking at uh, mental health I I kind of jotted down some things around kind of emotional resilience especially for mm. children and the things that I found were it's really important to spend quality time with your kids uh, mm-hmm. obviously like my little one in the background <laughs> decided to join us like <laughs> um, and also time as well it, time's so precious at the moment so don't rush around make sure that you spend that quality time with your yeah. children and acknowledge that um your own children do make mistakes mm. and don't vilify them for it so they're my three things really yeah i think i think you know the reason we we wanted to do this podcast um this live podcast um was obviously to involve kind of schools teachers children um and also parents is 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 to talk about you know mindfulness mental health um and get them you know involved in and and you know understanding us as athletes as well you know we we're going through the similar things as everyone else um it can be quite challenging um and you know f- for us um we we just hope that you know you've taken something uh, positive um from from this podcast and um you know sorry if we haven't answered all everyone's questions but we will be answering all the questions but yeah um we just yeah we just wanted to to get everyone involved really awesome yes um so what we'll be doing at the end of the um trackable podcast we'll be summarizing our questions and then answering those that have not come in but yes thanks for everybody's support and uh don't forget to subscribe uh to the to the podcast we've got some great speakers and guests coming up in the future uh feel free to reach out if there's anything your school or pupils uh, would like answering from us and we'll be uh we'll be supporting you the best we can also a big shout out to my niece as well Portia she was just saying um hi but yeah if it, also you know we've got we've had loads of guests on the podcast so we've had like Becky Abington Tom Daly Greg Rutherford so if you want to check out those um you can go on to our YouTube tra- channel uh, which is Track and Ball Podcast and also we'd love to hear who you would like us to interview next so either comment on here or comment on our Twitter page at Track and Ball Pod and just tell us who you'd love us to interview next because we're really intrigued and we'll really try to interview that person or who, who you mentioned. So um, thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, sorry if we didn't answer everyone's questions, but we will be doing another video to answer everyone's questions. So, um, yeah, just check out and, and keep your eyes, eyes peeled for that one. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I've been Ellen White. And I've been Richard White, and that's Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everyone. See you all soon. Bye. Cross comes in, White with the header. And here comes Whitehead. It's gold for Great Britain.